I'm going to go off topic just for a little bit. Um, as I was singing this morning, I hope you were blessed as well. Like um, uh, One of the things that really brings joy to me as a pastor is seeing those who make up the church doing the work of, of God. And um, I, this morning the team reminded me of that. And Friday night uh, we had um, 18 young people here. And, um, but alongside our regular uh, um, leaders, a uh, number of our, our adults came along to help out with um, Friday night. And again, it was just it's a blessing to see the church being the church. Um, and that's, that's what our, our discipleship step of what's your ministry, finding ways that you can serve God is so important. And so, um, again, yeah, so this is really brings joy to me to see the church at work. And, and so, such a blessing. Well, today, um, um, have you, whoever, does anyone ever read the, the cartoons in your newspaper, like, regularly? And the thing is, the funny ones sort of exist on their own, but if the Phantom comic in the newspaper, it normally comes in with something, the story so far, because it's a continued story. And if you don't read it every day, it kind of tries to catch up. Um, where you need to be. So it's sort of like a, a recap. Sometimes I do that with TV shows as well, like, okay, if you missed last week's episode, this is what's been happening, um, and just so you can be on board. So I want to do that real quickly this morning. What have we covered so far in our series on, on having holy habits? Um, because we have some people that may have missed some, we have some people that may have missed them all, and so I'm going to quickly just go over what we're doing, because we want to be people that are, well, I want us to be a church which is filled with people who is wanting and have the desire to develop and have holy habits in our lives. Okay, that's, that's I, I, I really express, that is my desire for the individuals that make up our church. It is my desire for our church that as a church we have holy habits, that we are doing the things that God wants us to do. Because it's so easy to get caught up in what the world wants us to do and, and, and sort of that idea of things like, oh, we want to be successful, what can we... That's not a goal for God. To be successful is not something that God wants us to be in the human sense of the word. He wants us to make disciples. That's something very different to being successful. Um, but we can be successful in doing what God wants us to do. So we've been breaking habits down into uh, each letter. So H was for so healthy identity. I'm going to see which side is the smartest this morning. So healthy identity. Before we actually talk about the do... We need to know the who. And so we need to be people that are basing our identity in who God says we are. And that becomes important because too often we can, try, we can be trying to be someone or achieve a need in our life that shouldn't be a need at all. Um, it's something that God says, that's not what I want for you. And on top of that, sometimes we pursue the real need in our life through a pathway that is not the best for us. And so we need to have a healthy identity, a godly identity. Second week was, over here, ask for help. Um, so you need to ask for help. And, you, and I asked that question that week that we did, who here would ask for help if they needed it? And most people went, and, and no one really asked. But who, and then I asked the question, with their hand up? And I need to, is, my, is it ringing in my head, is it? I'll, I'll stand over this way a little bit. Um, but we need to be at a point where we, for us to grow, there are going to be some people around us who have either been through something that we've been through or are going to help us stay on track or maybe we can help each other stay on track. And it covers everything from practical aspects of being a 
dad or being a mum or, or um, of being more healthy. I want to exercise more to reading our Bible, to finding ways we can serve in the church, uh, helping me um, fight stress at work. It covers a whole range of things. We are not in it by ourselves. And so we need to learn for, uh, ask for help. So over this side, B. What was B? Be kind to yourself. Because one of the things we do when we try and develop habits, and we see this with New Year's resolutions, we have this great big goal. This year I am going to learn three different languages. And I can't even master my basic one. And, like, and so two weeks come in, I go, no, nope, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm a failure. But the thing is, like, some of those goals we make at New Year's can, can be kind of ridiculous at times, unless you make a, a New Year's resolution to not actually achieve any of your resolutions and then you can sort of, but in doing that you may actually achieve one. So I don't know. Um, but on that, you, you get to the point that there are some habits we want to really see in our lives. But what happens, we make a commitment, God, I'm going to pray more. And two days in, we, we're too busy to pray. We feel we're too busy to pray. Or we get to the end of the day and go, oh, I was meant to pray to this morning, God. Oh, I was meant to pray yesterday, God. And we just feel like a failure. In that moment, don't live in the past, missteps, mistakes. Look forward and go, do you know what? God is merciful to me. I can be merciful to myself. I can restart. I can renew. I can keep on going. And a failure is only ever a failure if we stay there, if we exist in that moment. And so we need to learn to move past that. And so back over this side, H-I-B-I investigate and make changes so last week became that week where you know what we've got to start having that honest conversation with ourselves going what things do I need to stop what things do I need to start and again that'll look different for different people because like you might go well for some of the young people I'm actually going to open up my textbook um, I'm not just going to use it as a doorstop in my bedroom um, or I'm going to actually locate my textbook which I haven't actually seen for the past nine months. It's around here somewhere. Um, for some of you, it might be going, do you know what, I need, I'm doing too much. I'm doing a few things and slow down a bit. Or, as we, or, yep, I need to read my Bible more. I need to understand why I'm reading my Bible. I need to sort of um, pray more. I need to sort of find ways that I can look to others. Or, do you know what, I, I need to stop being so critical. I need to be, stop being so negative. Um, because sometimes we, we, we get to a point where we get so used to the bad habits in our life that it's become normal. And what's even worse, and I, I, I hope this is not about, I don't, I don't do this to other people, but I'm assuming I do, is that we all know people that when they do something, we go, oh, that's just them. We kind of get so used to their behaviour. Oh, yeah, they're, they're always like the negative Nancy. Sorry if anyone's Nancy here, but that negative Nancy, like who's just always never happy about anything or that person that's always late, and we go, that's just them, that's just Shay. <laughs> or, or like, um, like it, could be, it could be anything. We get so used to people that have got those certain habits that we, just, we, we excuse them. And I'm going, all of a sudden, almost 99% of the times, those habits in our lives that other people are getting used to in, our, in us, they're not good to be there. They are not good to be there. And when it gets to the point that the friends around us are so used to our bad habits that they accept us, well, it's great that they love you the way you are, but 
it's not, that's not a good pattern in your life. And so we do need to be truthful and honest and investigate and make changes. And so today we're sort of getting towards the end of it. We've got two weeks to go, today and, and next week, and we're going to talk about trusting the God process. Because all of a sudden, the thing is with the habits, it is a journey. And, and I think sometimes in trusting the process, a few big, um, big principles that we need to understand really quick. One, it is a process. And when we're doing processes, it takes time. And so if you're asking God to, to work on an area in your life and, and God is working with you and you mess up one day, you be kind to yourself and you move on. And the thing is, at the end of three days, don't think that's the end of the journey. Like, that's what I'm saying. It is a process. You might be finding that God is working on something in your life for five years. God is, is wanting you to develop a trust in him over every area of your life. And year one, you're able to trust him with this and then this, and then this, and then this. And, and so God is slowly working that out in your life, but it's a deliberate direction. But we've got to continue to trust the process, but we've actually got to trust God knows what he's doing. We're going to talk about that a lot today. We've got to trust that God knows what he's doing because I'm sure if you're anything like me, at times you question God's action and direction and, and um, God, why is that actually happening in my life at the present time? Why is that occurring? Because I would have done this differently. And, and we kind of try and give advice to God. Has anyone ever tried to do that, give advice to God? Sort of, God, here's a few tips just to help my life out a bit better. If you just do this, I'll be happy, you'll be happy, everyone will be happy. And, and there's foolishness in that, but we still do it. We give advice to God. So that's where we're going today. So hold on, hold on. We're, just, we're, we're about to jump on him. Well, first of all, routines and therefore habits are God's way of achieving his goals. Because sometimes we talk about habits and we go, oh yeah, we've just got to have a few better habits and, 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 get, and that'll, I'll be a better person and, and sort of minimise it. But God actually uses routines in our world quite often. In fact, when you open up your Bible, what's the first book of the Bible? Sound louder from this side, okay? I, mean, I am judging you today on your intelligence. So, so Genesis, I'm going to give that one a win to this side. Um, but, but Genesis is Genesis one and two, or the start of chapter two, is actually a book, uh, a chapter which it actually shows God working a routine. He actually looks over the, the earth; it's formless and void. And day one, He creates the heavens and the earth, and then He goes on. And each day, He creates something, and He reflects on that something, and He adds. And so we actually see God using a routine. And then we come to day seven. What does God do? Now, is God tired? No, he's not tired. He's actually setting an example for a routine that we need to follow. God says one day in seven, you should rest. You should take some time to reflect on what, again, reflect on what God did. Because God, that's what he did. He reflected on what he did. And God is the one person in the world that can actually go, boy, am I good, and actually not be proud. When we say, boy, am I good, God goes, you're not that good. Like, but God can actually go, look at what I've done. I'm fantastic. And like, give himself a solo high five because he's, he's right every single time. But God actually reflected on his work and he goes, hey, guys, do you know what's a really great thing for you? When you actually take some time out of your week to reflect on me and what I'm doing, that is a good routine and a habit for you. And I've actually done that right at the start of the Bible to teach you there are routines in this life that if you follow, it'll bring about blessing in your life. And the thing is, again, like even when you look through that opening 
of Genesis, you actually see God creating seasons. You see God creating day and night. And I go, probably looking at our nurses, like when you break that routine, it messes with your head at times. Some of our nurses work days one day and nights the next week and, and it, just, it can really mess up your body. And so for those who, sort of, who go even through shift work in that way, sometimes when we upset the routine of what God, it, it, it takes a while to develop that new routine. But God has sort of put things in place for us and, and actually made it easy for us. There is a time to plant and a time to sow and, and all those kinds of things. Like there's times when the rain is meant to come more often than others. And so we, we have this idea that God has actually set this flow in this world for us to follow. And he expects and he gives those to us as a gift so that we can actually find the rhythm that God wants us to follow so that we can be transformed by his blessings. So there, there, is, there is a principle here for us to understand that when God places habits in front of us, they are a routine that will bring about God's transforming work. I put it this way. Habits are God-ordained ways of achieving God-ordained purposes. And so if you're wanting God to work out the things in your life so that you get to that goal, you need to get to the point where you are following the pathway that God wants for you. Secondly, Habits exist because God, because God wants to help. Uh, as I was reading that, this, uh, working through that this week, I went, isn't it great that God actually wants us, he wants to help us get to where he wants us to be? Like, I don't know about, there's been times in my life where I'm kind of going, I feel like I've let God down. And I get to the point going, if I just hide what I've done from God, much like Adam in the garden, going, God, I was just hiding because I was naked and... And like, but you know exactly where I am and you know exactly what I've done. I, I don't know how long it took Adam to click. Like, Adam, why, who told you were naked? What what's happened? God knew exactly what had happened. And we do the same thing at times. We feel like we've, we've let God down and go, I'm just going to my sort of, pull myself up by the bootstraps. And, and all that does in our life, when we try and achieve godly perfection in our life by harder work, we just break our bootstraps. That's all that happens. And so we need to understand that habits exist because God wants to help you to achieve what he wants to do. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. This gives me the biblical opportunity to insult you all today. Because God says, don't always and probably very rarely trust your own instinct. Trust his. Trust his. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All the things that make you angry and sad, the things that scare you, the things that make you cautious, the things that sort of stop you from achieving, God says trust you with everything there and don't sort of logically debate God going, God, there's a better way of doing this. Okay, because one, you waste time and two, God is always right and that's why you waste time. If you want to debate with God, Okay, if you ever win, it's, you win because you stop listening to him. And that is never a good place for you to be. It is never a good place to get to a point where we have actually closed our heart and mind to what God's plan for us is. Um, and so, we, so processes like daily, good daily habits uh, are not something we utilise to avoid relying on God's help. And I suppose that's the flip side of this, is that just because God has placed habits around us, it's not so that we can achieve and like, look what I have done. Even in that process, the habits are being given to us so that we can get to a place where God 
He says, look at what I've enabled you to do. And we can turn our eyes to God and say, God, because you've actually helped me read my Bible day by day, I'm learning more and more about you. I'm actually learning to love you more. I'm learning to trust you more. Hey, God, when this happened to me this week, last week, I would have been a mess. But this week, I've been learning how to trust you. And like, I was only a mess for like 30 minutes. And then like, I, I learned that, okay, God, you, you're there, you're with me. Oh, oh God, I've been learning how to pray more. And, like, and so it's not the fact that we're praying that makes us better. It's the fact that it's a process that helps us to be transformed more than what God wants us to do. See, without God's help, all of our best, best efforts will become a self-salvation project. Okay, like uh, we're, we are fixer-uppers. Okay, we are fixer-uppers, but put yourself in God's hands. Don't try and do it yourself because you'll become one of those photos on Pinterest where it says, I nailed it, and you look nothing like what God wants you to be. You'll have a misshapen head and like distorted sort of body, and, and God says, no, that wasn't what I was looking for at all. Like um, you haven't nailed it. So we, habits exist because God wants, wants to help. So here we're going to be starting to talk about how we can trust in the process. First of all, we need to trust in God's direction. We definitely need to trust in God's direction. Now, this is one thing that, okay, if you are under the age of 20, I want you to be listening right now. Um, and that goes right down to if you are little, because sometimes you've got to trust in the way that God is calling you. And you might really struggle with this because you're going, but my friends... But my world that I live in, live in a different way. But this is why, and like, I'll just do this later in life. That was one thing I thought in my own life. I would just follow God when my life was over. And this was like when I was 10 years old around, that was a thought going in my head. And I thought when I was 20, my life would be over. How's that? Oh, that's better. So I thought, like, that's how, when I was 10, I thought 20 was old. So, um... So that's, that's basically, but that was this idea that if, if, I, if I do what God wants me to do, life won't be enjoyable. But the problem with that though is, and I, I read a story about this teacher that took a student out, he was trying to teach a student about habits, and he took this student out into the forest that was behind the school, and he said, see that small, small tree there, it's just, it's just started growing. I want you to pull that out of the ground. The student went over. And, and grabbed it in two hands and quite easily pulled it out of the ground. And he said, well, that's what it's like when you first start a habit. It's pretty easy to get rid of if you needed to. But I want you to come over here. And he brought him a bit further. And over this side, there was a tree that had been there for 30 years. He said, I want you to pull that out of the ground. And the student sort of looked at him, wrapped his arms around the tree for a little bit. Or he hurt himself in the process and there's no way I can pull that out of my life. And that was his point. If we let habits get into our life at any point in time, and so for your young people, this is where it becomes so important, you can develop habits that are good that you will lock in for life. You can develop the habit to pray and to trust in God and to read your Bible and to be at church and all the good that comes with it. Because again, if you're only doing those things and not engaging with God, you miss out. But if you are at the places that God wants to work, all of a sudden you'll lock in a habit in your life that will be really hard to knock out. But if you develop other habits of filling your life, filling your mind with, with garbage, relying on, on, on all this other stuff, or I've just got to get a good job and then I can trust in God once I've got a good job, and what you'll find is that the habits that develop will be 
just as strong, but they'll take you from where God wants you to be. So we've got to trust in God's direction. We've got to trust in God's direction. And, and Proverbs 3.6 says, Seek his will in all, that, in, in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Part of our problem, and I think this is where a lot of us start, we actually forget the first part of that verse, to seek his will. Actually ask God, what do you want me to do? Again, we come with our own preconceived ideas, this is what God wants me to do. And I've, I've had conversations with people like that, saying, this is what God, God's will for my life is. And I, I feel like saying, did you ask him about that? And I'll probably go, no, but like other people have said that's what they, we should be looking for in life. And so I've just adopted it for myself. God may have a totally different plan for you. And so we need to seek his will. So we need to ask God for help. And God will show us which path to take. Now, as I said last week, the path that God takes us to, to, to ask us to take may not be an easy, easy one, but everything worthwhile is... Uphill. Everything in life that is worthwhile will be uphill. And so if you want to achieve God's good in your life, it's going to take some work. So we need to ask God and then we need to get to the point where we trust, uh, we, we actually trust the path he puts in front of us. But that's part of trusting God's direction. We go on to verse 7 of Proverbs 3. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. I'm just going to pause and just let that sink in for a little bit. Don't need to say anything, do I? Because sometimes our biggest voice in our own head is ours and we are wrong. I will say I am wrong and I will say we are wrong. Don't be impressed by our own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord, respect God and turn away from evil. Now again, this is about trusting this process that God wants to put in our life. If you are entertaining and allowing habits that actually take you away from God, you are going to slow the process and you may even stop it. As I talked about last week, sometimes the preparation that leads into things. So if we want to be a church on Sunday to worship God and to, to, to be encouraged and to be an encourager for that purpose, to learn about God and to, to move into our week being challenged to follow him, then watching movies to 2 o'clock in the morning is probably not a good idea. Playing computer games to 4 o'clock in the morning just so I can finish a level won't be a good idea. Having a day where which makes me too tired to be at church on a Sunday is not a good idea. And so we need to actually look at those practices that we have so that we won't prevent ourselves from achieving God's best. Now again, it could be those things that we allow in our lives that I was talking about before that we get so used to that it's not a problem. Do you ever get to the point that you seem to complain about everything first before you actually say anything good? Or changes, like changes, like, oh, why are we changing this? I'm, just, I'm going to be critical about this. Or, or, or even being patient with people around you. All of a sudden, that's something that you kind of... And you may have justifiable reasons for it. But I am telling you this. God has got better for you planned. When we worry about money, when we worry about work, God has got better for you planned to stay there. Now, when you stay in those places you're going to get to the point where you live at a, at least a lesser place than God wants you, or you probably will start going backwards. When you get to a point when you actually indulge in sin, it will definitely stop you from moving forward with God. And so when you fail, we'll go back to being kind to yourself. When you fail, get up again and start following God. Ask for forgiveness, receive his grace and press on forward. Don't stay there. Don't accept that this is what God wants for me. 
So we need to trust in God's direction. We also need to, and I suppose I've been getting onto this a little bit even today and in the last few weeks, we need to invest yourself in the God process. If we're going to trust the process, we need to invest ourselves into it. And when you invest in something, this is the principle, you take something that is valuable to you and give it to something else for the purpose of developing and growing it. So if you want to invest in money, you sort of take some money, I don't know how much, I don't have enough, so you sort of put it in there and it grows and you go, I'm, but I'm taking something of value to begin with. I don't walk up, if I want to invest in stocks, I don't sort of go, here is some rubbish that I've got at my place, can you use that? I don't do that. So if you want to invest in people, what do you do? You put in time. You, you, you might actually, you might even give some of your own money to invest in people. You might put in effort to invest in people. But you invest yourself in the God process. And Proverbs 3.9, he puts it this way, Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. That means if we want to trust in the God process, we need to give the best of ourselves so that God can work with that. Now, don't put your hand up, because I don't want you to sort of... But I'll put up your hand maybe, maybe for you. Anyone here ever give God their leftovers? Anyone sort of, sort of go, God, I don't have time for you this week? God, um, I know you want me to do that, but I want to do this instead. I'll, 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 when I'm old, when I'm, when I'm older than 20, I'll, I'll, I'll do it then, God? I don't know, like those are some things that have gone through my mind at times and, and I'm going, God seems to get the leftovers of, of what I have or not at all or God gets nothing of me. And God says, if you want to trust in this God process, all in, go all in and give him your best and let him work with that. Give him your best. Now that may be a big shift for some of you. It might be a really big shift for some of you. But if you want God to do what he wants to do in your life, don't just give him your spare change. Don't just give him your spare time. Don't just give him, I suppose, even your spare passion. Because for some of us, we use up our passion in all other areas and then we go, God, I'll be excited this much for the things you want to do in my life or in my church or, or around the world. Give him your best. Okay. So we trust in God's direction, but the next thing after giving God our best, we want to trust in God's destination. Now this becomes hard because at times we can't see exactly where God is taking us. We've got to trust in the process saying we're going to get there. Now, again, this is where our impatience with the process becomes a problem. How many, like a number of you probably have taken long trips and like long trips can be like, especially travelling with kids, can be really fun along the way. But, but the thing is, because they don't understand the concept of how long. So as an adult, we go, oh, it's going to be nine hours, nine hours with the kids. And we, we feel like a bit uh, maybe defeated even before we start. For the kids, after five, they're excited for the first five minutes. They're great. We're going on a trip. We're going to grandma's. We're going on holidays. Half an hour in, how long are we going to be there? Because they, they don't understand how long it's going to take. They don't, so their, their expectation of, 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 I suppose, the destination, aren't we, we should be there already. And I have to say, that's how we are probably more as Christians. God, I, I want to be holy and I've been working at it, but it's not happening yet. I give up and walk off. Or God, I want to lead someone to Christ and I keep sharing my faith and it's not happening yet. 
and we walk off. Oh God, I want to do this in my life. I want to see the church grow. I want to see this happen around my life. I want to sort of be able to sort of bless other people with my life. And it's just not happening yet. But God is moving you through that process. And you're just not there yet. But we've got to trust in God's destination for us. We've got to trust that God knows what he's doing. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child whom he delights. When parents, for the most part, so again, if you're anything like me, this is for the most part, when we discipline our children, it's because we are wanting to produce a better result for them. We want them to make them sort of kind-hearted. We want them to make sort of um, self-reliant, um, sort of child, children growing into adults that can actually function in our world. And so we will guide them at times, and, and God wants to do the exact same thing with us. He cares about us. That's why he does that. And so we might be walking along and all of a sudden we sort of we lose a tangent. And God says, sometimes he just taps us on the shoulder. Sometimes it sort of grabs us by the hand. Sometimes he needs to push us back into line to keep going the way he wants us to go. But God has our destination in mind because, again, God wants what's best for us. We talked about that last week. God wants the best change in our life. He wants that more than we want it. And so God wants to keep us on track with that. And so like, um, like it says there, we've got to trust in God's destination. We've got to trust where God is taking us. We may not be there yet, but keep moving with God in that. Okay. As we wrap up today, we've been talking a lot about trusting God, but this is where I suppose it, this is where it falls into your court. This is what you get to do. Is this is not just an idea it becomes something, I'm going to action or I'm not going to action. You need to implicitly, implicitly trust God and work with him. What I mean by that, it's an intentional trust. It is, it is coming to a point where I'm, I am choosing to trust you, God, and I'm going to work cooperatively with you to actually achieve this. I'm going to work with you to achieve your goals in my life, and I'm going to do it through the habits that you want to do in my life. Now, this becomes something that's a very intentional choice. It's something that you have to do to actually see God take a hold of you. Now, Proverbs 3.13 says, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom and the one who gains understanding. Now, that verse applies as we actually live this out. This is not just knowledge. Wisdom and understanding come through doing. And so as we are part of this, one of the outworkings of that is all of a sudden we are joyful. See, we should trust God and trust that God is in the process. We, we need to implicitly understand that. We under, need to understand that God is at work. Has anyone ever got to the point where they've gone, maybe not even a spiritual habit, but they've been sort of establishing a habit in their life and they can't see any results for that yet? I've been to the gym five times this week and I've put on weight. What is going on? Could have been those five Big Macs I have every time I'm from the gym. But like that's our side. Maybe we're, we're investing in a habit and we're going, oh, I'm, I'm trying to memorise scripture. And then someone asked me, what's your favourite memory verse? And I'm going, oh, it's in the Bible somewhere. And that's the best we've got. But the thing is, we need to trust that God is at work. God is not going to stop. God is not sort of giving up on you. Remember that. Be kind to yourself. He is working something new and beautiful in your life 
And what happens when we actually intentionally go in this process and start developing the godly habits, the holy habits in our life, they actually, where, the thing is, when habits begin, it is actually a choice. We've got to get up. I've got to choose to do this. And, a start. and we might celebrate those small victories and I'm choosing to do this every day. I've done it three days. Now I'm choosing it four days. But what happens is that this process leads to unconscious action habits in our life. All of a sudden, it becomes normal for us to wake up and grab our Bibles. It becomes normal for us when trouble happens in our life. What do we do? I'm not going to call mum. I'm not going to sort of, um, um, sort of call my pastor to get me out of trouble. I'm not going to sort of um, blame my kids. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to go to God. That becomes the natural instinct. And it's not even something we think about. So what we want to get to in our life is when these habits that become our goals become our normal routine. We want them to become normal in our life. And this becomes the big thing. Like that tree I was talking about earlier, our habits will come to the point where they will prove our character. Now, if you have habits that are leading you the wrong way, they'll end up proving character that you don't really want people to see. But if you have habits in your life that are, you're desiring to grow with God, they'll actually end up showing who you are in God. Now, when we commit to the process habit, um, habit-based habit transformation, this will become a new reality for us. So what I mean by that is that when we commit to this process of, of trusting in God, trusting the process, and for, for this transformation to happen, this is, what, this is the new reality. All of a sudden, things like holiness become a possibility. For some of you, I know you sort of sit, when we sit down and talk about holiness, we kind of go, oh, that's not going to happen for me. I, I, know, I know some of you would say that that I won't be one of those holy people in the Bible, that's just not me. I'll get close enough, but that's not, that's not going to be my reality. Well, the thing is, as Wesleyans, and more importantly, as the Bible says, we are all called to be holy. And as we commit to this process, we commit to saying, God, I want to be righteous, and I want you to change my character, I want you to change my attitudes, and I'm going to be working on that. All of a sudden, that starts becoming, the possibility becomes a reality. We are in the process of being sanctified. All of a sudden, things like the fruit of the Spirit, and we read through that list and the fruit of the Spirit and go, oh, I wish I had some of that in my life. When we commit to this process and we trust God to change us through actually walking through these habits, all of a sudden, the fruit of the Spirit is present and it is growing. Anyone got a fruit tree at home that's got no fruit on it? We have one. Like, it's... It's not even pretty, like it really serves no purpose whatsoever. I'm not saying that as Christians, if you don't bear fruit, you serve no purpose whatsoever, but you take that with you as you will. But the thing is, when we actually trust in this transforming process of developing the routines that God wants us in our life, all of a sudden, I will have more peace. I will have more patience. I will have more joy. I will have more love. I will have more self-control. Well, it actually leads to more of this again because self-control is one of those things that forms your habits. And we go back to what Proverbs said. Joyful are those who do this. Joyful. You will actually enjoy the life that God has given you because it is becoming a reality. Joy becomes a daily experience. And peace and patience are normal. Who would like peace and patience in your life to be normal and not just wishful thinking? I know I, know I would. Okay? Okay? You look at my life. If you actually had that video, if it was, my life was a reality TV show, 
you would notice there would be lack of peace and patience at times. Usually the times I'm awake, times I'm asleep, I'm pretty good. But like, that's the thing. Like at times we, we, we lack what God wants to give us because we won't follow the path he has for us. This is one thing I just jotted down while we are singing this morning. When we look at habits and what God wants for us, and then we flip it over and look at what the devil wants for us, God wants to give you quick reward for long-term pain. That is what the devil is promising. He will give you quick reward for long-term pain. God wants to give you a tough choice, an uphill effort for long-time eternal blessing. And so we need to sit back and sometimes actively engage in our life and go, you know what? What do I want? Do I want the long-term blessing or do I want long-term pain? And make the choice accordingly. And trust that God knows what he's doing. God's destination for you is the best destination and follow him through this. That's what it means to develop this habit and to trust the God process. I pray that you would do some serious thinking and praying with God about this because this is where actually the rubber really meets the road because this is not just knowledge you can take on. There is action for you to take on this. I really pray that you would, even today, spend some time working through that. Let's just take some time to pray. God, we thank you that you have not given up on us, that your plan for us is better than we can imagine. Help us not get distracted by the plans of the devil because that short-term reward will, will bring suffering to our lives. Help us to overcome those challenges to begin with. Let us understand that everything uphill is worth, everything worthwhile is going to be uphill, but the reward is so great. I pray that we'll come to a point where we are realising the outworking of your work in our life, that we will begin to see our lives as holy lives as lives that are full of peace and patience and joy, of, of seeing, the, the, I suppose, the benefit of filling our hearts and mind with your word, to know the blessing of being in relationship with you and actually feel like coming to pray with rejoicing and with intimacy, that we would actually start living kingdom in, in, intentionally for the kingdom and that as we share our faith with the world around us, people may not come to faith right away, but we will start seeing the fruit of that happening and seeing it as a reality in our life. I, would, I pray that as you, as you address our worry, as you address our fears, as you address the stress in our workplaces, that we would develop godly habits around them that produces something different in us, something new, something that can be celebrated. I pray for our young people here today that they would be willing to work hard now to develop habits that will serve them for the rest of their lives. So habits that would bring them closer to you and habits that would put them in the hands of, of the kingdom and be willing to serve the kingdom purposes and the kingdom goals. I pray for them this day that they would be willing to do that so they would have a tree that cannot be removed out of their life. I pray for us that maybe we've got trees in our life that we want removed, that you would help us remove them and plant them with something new, something that you call us to have. I pray that we can trust in you, God, and join our effort with yours to produce the outcome that you want for us. We pray this in your most precious name. Amen.